0: Jalster, how are you? Where are you?
1: (laughs) I'm actually feeling very inspired at the moment, Baden, because I'm sitting in the back garden of a very famous Latin American artist's house. His name is Guayasamin, and he was born here in Quito. We've got a lovely view, actually, of the city from his garden, Um, looking out over the mountains and the houses kind of... Uh, climbing up the sides of them. We are here in the second highest capital in the world, um, resting and checking out some of the things that the city has to offer. Welcome to the How Are You? Where Are You? podcast, an audio travelogue of our adventures by bike as we ride uphill and down dale, well, more like up mountain, on our way from London to the Hutt Valley of New Zealand. Our journey has taken us all the way through Europe, Central, and now we're in South America.
2: In
0: breaking news, we have pedalled over the height of New Zealand's highest mountain, Aoraki, Mount Cook, but here we're on a mountain I'm not sure of the name and we're at around 4,000 metres high in the Andes in Ecuador.
1: What a climb it was, what a climb. I was quite nervous ahead of the climb and at the end when we got to the top I was so proud of myself. I couldn't believe how well my body had stood up to um, the altitude because when we went up to um, Alto de Letras in Colombia and I cried at the top, (laughs) it was like I could never get my breath. Every time I ran out of breath um, I'd have to stop and on this climb I felt like I was much more in control
0: yeah you know why because we're fit Mm. and we're acclimatized it's a really strange feeling and you know it's there are people who have trained for something athletic or whatever will know this that when you get fitter you get stronger and then you're like well my body can do these things and we're really noticing that with the the high altitude that we're at at the moment but like the other day we're we're also quite high up in Quito, and we saw other tourists "Ah, ah, i just can't get my breath and we're just like what's your problem you know, like, we're rocking it up here. I remember when I went to Guatemala 10 years ago and I climbed up this volcano, lower, the volcano I think is lower than where we cycled the other day. Oh and uh, I had to stop because I, uh, it was too high and I wasn't acclimatized and I couldn't handle it. Yeah. And But now, I was just so surprised the other day how fit I felt mm. riding up the top of that mountain. Yeah.
1: So we're we're currently at around 2,800 metres, aren't we, here in Quito? Yeah. Um, And, well, we've actually been in Ecuador now for over a week. Um, And it was very sad to say goodbye to Colombia, but it's been interesting finding out a little bit more about Ecuador because I'll confess, all I knew about Ecuador was bananas.
0: Yeah, like those little stickers in the supermarket (laughs) stuck on the side of a banana. And actually, a bit of banana facts, I mean people our listeners seem to love banana facts but um (laughs) ecuador is the world's biggest exporter of bananas so yeah we haven't really seen them so far in the andes they're not really growing at this sort of height Uh, but yeah we're gonna there'll be more banana action, I'm sure in this country.
1: Yeah, so I mean after a week it's it's hard to kinda get an idea of a of a country. Um, you know, on on our way from the border here to Quito we, you know, saw evidence of, of obviously the oil industry here in this country and also um some hydro projects. So those those things weren't particularly nice.
0: Yeah, you know, like so we, we chose to go through the Amazonian border because we thought, Oh yeah, better get a bit of Amazonian action in us, but really we didn't really <laughs> get to see so much of that it's got lots of bites
1: yeah yeah
0: we did didn't we we got really fairly ravaged and it's um yeah i was doing a fair bit of scratching until (laughs) up here in Quito where i've recovered now because you know mosquitoes and those little bugs don't really like this sort of altitude do they but um yeah so yeah we kind of went into the wrong side of the amazon if we'd kept going and not turned on the road to come up to quito mm. we would have you know been more seen some more amazonian features but really the government has just like mm. molested that land yeah. out in that sort of north corner of the country yeah. there's big oil projects but you see big pipelines and rigs and things and really ugly hydro projects as well um yeah, I mean,
1: it, you know, it wasn't all bad. There were some really beautiful spots. Um, I think the beautiful
0: spots came when we when we were getting higher. Yeah. Yeah. I That's mean, there was great. also yeah, a couple, a few nice rivers and things. Definitely very nice rivers and very uh, the landscape. We just had no idea where the road was going most of the time when we were climbing up. It's not like you can see the top of the mountain that gives you an aim. Yeah. You sort of like come up onto a ridge, then dive back down, then head back up again. It's yeah it was it was a really great experience,
1: yeah, it was hard, but it was good. Um Another thing that you immediately notice when you get to the country is that it's markedly more expensive. Um I mean, Colombia is so cheap um but yeah we've been feeling the pinch really here in ecuador haven't we yeah
0: i mean some things feel like u.s prices you know like we needed some stuff for our bikes the other day and wow it's i think massively
1: overpriced yeah because um here in ecuador they have the dollar as well so and um we were staying with someone and he said oh yeah it, everyone just makes everything a dollar now like that's you know you, you don't get things for much less than a dollar quite often um but they haven't they ha- how long have they had the dollar for
0: since 2000 they had this really painful dollarization process where um i think they basically overnight it changed it was like the euro sort of thing and then you exchanged sucras. 25000 sucras got you 1 and that was very painful for the people here so hit.
1: how much were what was the exchange rate before they like normally
0: <laughs> i don't know yeah. Twenty five thousand. I'd say it's probably more akin to, um, 5, or something? yeah, yeah. It was a very like twenty that th- that rate of twenty five thousand to one dollar mm-hmm. was a highly inflated rate. Mm-hmm. But at that time, they were economically screwed, yeah. and they were having they were in the midst of, um, you know, Greek style oh. IMF pro uh, programs oh, wow. here. Okay. Okay. So and there's yeah the ramifications of dollarization is is are still here so much so that um, they've introduced an importation tax of twenty five percent on things because um, the neighbors Colombia and Peru yeah. devalued their currencies and so Ecuadorians want to go over there to and, and buy stuff get their stuff online and get it sent here. And they were like, well, hold on, you're screwing Ecuador. There's heaps of um, uh, propaganda posters around saying, when you buy something, buy an Ecuador. When you buy shoes, buy Ecuadorian shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's a real thing here. And it's because, yeah, they're, they're a bit screwed by their currency and their neighbours having such low valued currencies
1: yeah Uh, yeah, there's big there's some there were some big winners and obviously some a lot of people really struggling from it um now we we wouldn't really put ourselves in that basket but it has meant a little bit of a (laughs) tightening of the belt um oh yeah some of our some of our expenditure um and instead of having maybe a full lunch just going with a soup um and we had like a a, a, quite a funny (laughs) moment the other day
0: yeah we were climbing up this hill and we were just it was time for second breakfast and we were really uh, we were really hungry and you pull in and you see all these buses outside the restaurant and that's normally a sign to avoid that restaurant but this restaurant was in the middle of nowhere really had no choice though the buses because of the buses presence it inflates the prices and so yeah all we could feel that we could afford was this mere soup It was quite delicious. It it was a good soup. And uh, so we were chowing down the soup at probably 8.30 in the morning. And uh, (laughs) um, the, the bus driver came out and he said, "Okay, everyone, back on the bus. And so everyone cleared off. And then we spied across at this other table. This lady, she left a full plate of yucca on the table we're like oh yucca yeah that's gonna help us. we need that yucca and so uh <laughs> Shelly created a little decoy and then I went and uh, over to the table and stole her plate of yucca and then quickly brought it back to our table yeah. oh no you created a distraction by making my bike fall over sorry sorry about that yeah that's right so my bike she somehow made my bike fall over people were looking at that and then meanwhile I went and stole the plate of yucca
1: <laughs> it was critical to us achieving our destination yeah, that day.
0: We we looked at ourselves and were like, are we really people that will eat of other people's, it eat other people's leftovers. It was good food going to waste. It was good food going yeah. to waste. And I, you know what? I, I think I'm going to do this in New Zealand as well now. So, you know, yeah, any friends listening to this, be warned that you might be embarrassed by me when we go to restaurants. Uh, if there's anything left over on other people's oh plates, I might just get on in there. Oh, my God. So Unless that person looks like they've got horrible mouth oh my ulcers. Goodness, hey, yeah. Gross. No, enough, enough. She had, that lady had very good, she looked like she had a good mouth. So I'm sure, no. There weren't any ulcers or anything. What does that mean, you weirdo? Well, it looked like she wasn't carrying any infectious diseases <laughs> that we could have got from the All
1: UK. Right. So we're trying to save money, and obviously we're continuing to stay with people from the website Warm Showers, and our first host was a lovely guy called Jose. Oh, Jose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he's actually a Colombian guy. Um, And he lives very close to the border with Colombia, with his family, um, with his wife. And he weirdly lives in, like, the space between a church and the Sunday school that's next to it. um, And uses a couple of the rooms in either building. And and his living room is, like, a corridor between the two buildings. Would you agree with that description? Yeah,
0: that's what it is. It, it It was just... A very unusual way. Um, like normally all the warm showers people are on the internet, and so you contact them by email and arrange a date. Whereas you go to Jose's page and so he says, Look, just when you roll into town, just give me a call, you're welcome to stay. Anyone, no, yeah. no, no notice, or whatever. Yeah. So we, we we arrived in Lago Agrio and uh, called him up, and he said, Oh, I'm just hanging out down by the petrol station. So we went down there, and Jose's got this little cooler, little Eskimo. What do you what? Are, there's all these Eskies chili bins. Yeah, all the- cooler box i think that's covering all the yeah. different versions but um yeah and he's selling uh dulce de leche you know like a little sweet spread thing and like these little pottles and uh he's selling it to drivers who pull up at the service station mm-hmm. so um yeah, um, he's he's he hasn't got much money to his name, I think. Poor Jose, and yeah, well, you know, went he, to his house. A, and...
1: He's got a very cheerful spirit, hasn't he? You can hear him now, I think. Quiero grabar un hermoso poema para esta hermosa dama que en este momento me acompaña. Tu boca, tu boca es dulce flor donde libra la abeja de mi alma. Tu cariño, te quiero tanto y con pasión tan viva que mi ser a tu ser por siempre signo serás un sol sobre mi helada cumbre para mi ardor fresco rocío alumbrarás mi vida con la lumbre de tus ojos purísimos bien mío <risa> ¿Ah? So we, we ended up staying there two nights unexpectedly, and we had some, some errands to run, and he decided to come with us and help us out. And well, it was such a fun day out for Jose, wasn't it? He was uh, uh, ordering things up, he was like, oh, let's get these eggs, oh, you should buy this pork for me, oh, you know, I need one of these, and I was buying some soap, and he was like, oh, could you get a three pack and give me two? And, you know, it was like, it was just a great day out for him.
0: Yeah, he, no, he, he really enjoyed that, and so that's why he was really disappointed when we said, oh, we better get going. Yeah. But he's been ringing us every day as well. Like, <laughs> like he helped me get a mobile phone, and it was a very confused, uh, like a mobile phone chip, and it was a very confusing situation. <laughs> anyway, but, but he's calling every day, and he's just like going, "Where are you? How like, are you? yeah, how, how are, you? are you? Where are, where are you? Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's got nothing to say. He's just all he is is just asking where we are, and then he hangs up and he's like, "Hello, Jose, Jose."
1: <laughs> Genuinely, he does. So the other thing that we did, which was um, kind of exciting, but didn't there wasn't much ceremony around it, was that we crossed the equator and now we're in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, um, a good hemisphere.
0: Yeah, where they play good rugby. You know, where it's like it feels like home. <laughs> <laughs> in our right for hemisphere, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, we nearly, uh, we actually nearly camped on the equator oh, line, yeah. but we um, next to this river. But we ended up meeting this really friendly family, and I was swimming with them in the river, and we were all chatting away. And and then they they said they couldn't stand the thought of leaving us to camp there by ourselves in this lonely spot, so they invited us back to their house, and and we shared a meal and had a really good chat that evening. It was it was yeah. really nice, wasn't it? They even it?
0: killed one of their chickens in the backyard for the dinner, so that was a monumental experience. so although there was a bit of a hitch like when he said oh okay let's come to my house we're like oh so where is your house and he's oh yeah just the just the next town and there was this town maybe like 2k away and so okay we we wouldn't mind backtracking 2k but then we rode through that town we rode through the next town as we're following in his car we're like oh my god where are we going and we like backtracked almost 10k uh, yeah. To this house, so that that was the bummer, and I was like,
1: "What? What are we doing? This is stupid." Edwin was like... genuine, genuinely screaming at oh, me. I was so
0: annoyed, We We're like just <laughs> whizzing downhill, all these hard-earned meters of climbing, yeah, and which we had to do the next day. But it didn't. I mean, the the conversation, the experience of hanging out with Edwin and his family just made it totally oh. worth it. <laughs>
1: Mucho
2: But
1: nunca
0: sabe Like, el sabor como
1: We've been climbing all day today And we've Finally arrived here at the San Rafael waterfall in Ecuador and walking down a path, a beautiful path. There are trees all around me, little insects, lots of beautiful butterflies, A few little waterfalls along the way and some little bridges. It's really totally delightful and nice and shady because it's it's the middle of the day so it's really really hot here. You can hear little trickles of water alongside the path. And in the distance, building up to the big waterfall, I think it's the biggest one in Ecuador. It's pretty huge, apparently. Anyway, I've never seen a photo of it. I know that it's 160 (laughs) metres, which sounds like a lot. So it's probably going to blow my mind. Hola! Is that Yeah? Alright. I was walking down here and I was thinking of my sister. I wish my sister was here. His, my sister and her kids. and... Oh, what? Oh my God. We could see this river from up in the mountains, and it's funneled its way down, and it is all pouring off in one single huge fat stream. It goes from green to white, and into it looks like powder, like clouds of powder at the bottom, and it's carved out this semi huge semicircular like amphitheater in the in the rock. steamy waterfall pouring down next to us as we sit in these I don't even know what temperature this water is but it's making my face go red and making my the skin on my legs feel all tingly like my legs almost feel a little bit itchy I don't know it's delicious though and I can feel all of my muscles going soft that's
0: because you're in some hot pool Shelley <laughs> <laughs> listeners we are in Papayakta and uh, this area is famous for its uh, thermal baths, and it's all powered by this big volcano. The volcano you can we saw it when we were coming up the road earlier today. It's snow capped and it's over five and a half thousand meters high, and sometimes quite active apparently. And the the geothermal power from that and the sort of surrounding area has created these uh, hot pools, um, and we've. Po- we're finding them to be extremely therapeutic especially after the last few days of cycling
1: we've kind of I don't know like for me this is the least healthy I think I've almost felt on the whole trip and probably not for you Baden you've had some other health problems (laughs) but um you know you had a cold and it's still lingering on you gave it to me and now I'm my head is full of snot and clouds I feel
0: you got that cold by yourself
1: well, I can't prove that you gave it to me, so we'll just have to let it rest. We'll have to get the lab tests. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of lab tests, uh, I had to, uh, had a few problems and had to go in, uh, on our first day in Ecuador, yeah. I think it was, to um, get some tests done, get a urine sample tested. And yeah, I've got a bladder infection, so that's great. That's, that's nice. Yeah.
0: Especially when um, the little pottle that you put your urine in, it came open in the plastic bag. That was uh, another little part of the adventure
1: yeah that was yeah that wasn't so great had to come up with another sample um but yeah so yeah I'm feeling a bit broken and and the other thing is at the moment my I don't know what it is I don't know whether it's because I got dehydrated I'm on some drugs now for the infection and maybe that's I don't know but my knees just were the sorest they've been on the whole trip like I couldn't even sit on the loo I just had to kind of drop onto the loo from a great height and um And, yeah, I was really worried about climbing today. We climbed up to Papayakta because it's about 3,000 metres high. Yeah, we're nestled
0: right in the mountains here, like huge towering mountains, like all around us. And we, yeah, you feel so small sitting here in these pools. Um, It's it's really, it is really beautiful.
1: So we made it here okay, but yeah, the knees were still not great. I was stretching quite a lot along the road. And we've been sitting in the pool for how long now?
0: I don't know. I've, I've kind of lost track of time. It's... More, probably more than an hour and a half.
1: Yeah, something like an hour and a half. <laughs> I am completely cured. I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah. Like, Baden made me do a little squat before, which was slightly embarrassing for all the other people that were looking at me, but no knee pain.
0: Yeah, and you didn't even have to have an elephant foot or a shark jawbone or something like that.
1: Yeah, just the magical curative waters of Papa Yakta, full of, full of magnesium and sulfur and calcium and I don't know what else. What are the things that the geothermal activity gives it?
0: Yeah, like uh, when I stepped in for the first time, you get all these little stingies. Yeah. And I think it's from like... You know, all the insect yeah. bites on my legs yeah. from being down in the Amazon. Yeah. And, yeah, they but they just feel so much better now. They don't feel itchy or anything yeah. like that. And, I, like, in the uh, changing rooms, they've got all the healing powers of this water. And I, I read them out to you pretty sceptically. That's true. And, uh... I think it's actually true you know like there's something in it there's something in that and there's other couple they said to us um, well, apparently to get the full benefit you need to go into the cold pool and then back into the hot pool seven times oh. we did one trip to the cold pool one of those cold plunge pools and oh it was uh, really cold but jeez it, it did feel really great coming back into the hot again you know like yeah. it does feel like this is doing something for your muscles and tomorrow we've got to climb up pretty high Yeah. so if this um hopefully that this is all doing the trick. It's kind of blissful, right? Like a couple of scabby cycle tourists, they're kind of like, we shouldn't really be here, right? Yeah. You know, normally we wouldn't really fork out $8.50 for a tourist attraction.
1: But I think um, out of all the people here that are, may I say, taking a lot of photos of themselves, we're the ones that deserve this the most, yeah. don't you think? But no one knows that, do no. they? We're cycle tourists, everyone. We deserve this. Look at our cycle tans. Oh,
0: people were looking at that.
1: <laughs> I'm now going to go and uh, visit the waterfall because under the bridge there, it's really steamy and I think that will be good for my cold.
0: Yeah, let the healing powers. Let the healing powers take over you. <laughs> back to the backyard here of uh, the famous celebrated Ecuadorian artist Oswaldo Guayasimen Yeah it's pretty cool sitting in his backyard, It's his house is like this massive colonial style place um, Kind of reminds me of Hemingway, it's the, the sort of house with such opulence and the art that's all inside and yeah just laxing out by his pool here and yeah. the view that he has here in the Bala Vista Oh Bella Vista, good view is what it means uh, the Bella Vista suburb is a bit of a well-to-do suburb here
1: in Quito. Really special. We're surrounded by beautiful sculpture and there's a uh, pine tree there with like lots of little, what are they called? Wind chimes hanging from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Really lovely spot. I mean, we arrived into Quito uh, to a, quite a different sort of a place, really. We're staying with um, our wonderful host, Diego, um, slightly further out of the of the city. And he lives in um, sort of a tower block. It's very typical
0: here in Quito. Like As I looked out here, I can see heaps of these sort of similar tower blocks but his one's in like a big complex where there's maybe 10 blocks yeah, um, yeah it's, it's just the way people live here in Quito
1: yeah so we, we were out there on the first day just resting and um, you know you, you just kind of uh, you, you don't really have a sense of, of the city so um, when we finally summoned up some energy to get out there and explore we decided to start with a bird's eye view of Quito Wow, quite spooky staring down the hillside here. We are on Quito's Teleferico and it's brought us all the way up from 2,800 metres in the city to 4,100 metres in the mountains of the Andes.
0: Yeah, Teleferico is a cable car and this is meant to be one of the highest cable cars in the world, taking you right up high into the Andes alongside the volcano Pinchincho. And uh, yeah, the views of Quito are spectacular. You can see the whole thing. I see why this is actually a tourist attraction. <laughs> and coming down, it's quite—it's uh, yeah, really nice. I mean, geez, if, if we fell off right now, we're in trouble. Don't say that. <laughs> Next stop for us was the Centro Historico, the Histori- Historical Centre. It's a UNESCO uh, site here in Quito and it doesn't feel like the rest of Quito. Um, I mean it is beautiful walking around the cobbled streets and seeing history. Like There's a, like, some really great stories like in the Plaza Grande, the big plaza that they have in the centre of town. One of their um, dictators was murdered with a machete outside the government palace which is uh, like one of the big buildings in the square. And as he was dying basically they dragged his bloody body into the church and into the cathedral nearby and that's where he ended up being buried so uh, you know all these latin american capitals have had this really bloody history and and but they also all symbolize with all this all these catholic monuments everywhere isn't it so there's that yeah and they all, all all these cities also they have a conservative side and a liberal side you know the conservative side marked by the church and then these liberal sides marked by some of the art the murals um, and,
1: also and some and, of the revolutionaries that, that you know that fought for independence
0: yeah and, and freedom you know like yeah so all all these little sides play out on pretty much every Latin American capital we've been to a lot of people on cycle tours avoid the capitals um, I don't know and maybe it's we like lo- I like it you know we, we've been living in London for seven years or something so we know, you know we kind of feel comfortable in capitals and I, I quite like them
1: yeah we visited um some beautiful plazas in the centre and we we, we didn't really have enough time um you know you, you want to kind of hang out somewhere and just enjoy it and you know the music um that we were hearing and and I don't know which plaza was it, the one that had the band in it, that we we
0: put the music in. Plaza San Francisco. Mm. It had
1: a beautiful old convent, I think it's the oldest church in in Ecuador, and a band playing um, this kind of brand of Andean sort of kind of pop music in a way. pop rock.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there was a couple of Canadians there wanting to pray for us. We completely. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but yeah, I really just enjoyed wandering around the centre and, um, you know, just soaking up the beauty of it, even though it is only a tiny part of Quito. Um, and now we're here. Yeah,
0: at the uh, Guayasamin. Now, this guy, Guayasamin, interesting bloke. Yeah. Really I I... interesting bloke. I've never, nothing... no, never, never heard of him. I've never heard of him as well, but... I don't know, everyone should hear of him. I think Latin American art is kind of dominated by the figures, those Mexicans, Mm. Diego Rivera and Frida Kahlo. And, uh, you know, Guay follows on from that. And he's a very polemical artist. He tells the story of Latin America and he's not afraid to um, you know, cover how gruesome and horrible um, these regimes were. Mm-hmm. And what I also very much like is that he's, he's got an indigenous background and he, so he celebrates that side of it as well. And so it's been really fascinating being up here. And I, anyone coming to Quito, I recommend coming here and hearing the story.
1: Yeah, this is his home. He lived here for the last 20 years of his life. And also the site where he's put uh, something that he calls the Chapel of Man, La Capilla del Hombre. And um, it was a, a huge kind of project a big vision that he had Um, and he wanted it to be somewhere that would help people to remember what's happened in the past and also be conscious that some of these things a lot of these things are still happening today Um, it's really difficult to describe the space and it's um, it's like you you just if you ever come to Quito you can't miss it it's it's an incredible place and we and we did a really nice tour there as well
2: well my name is Constanza I'm I'm from Venezuela actually I'm 25 years old and I'm a guide in the Guaya Museum here in Quito.
1: So his art is really concerned with um, a lot of the terrible things that have happened in modern Latin American history, but not with the events themselves, but rather the consequences of, of those events and their impact on the people.
0: Yeah, so he had three phases, um, well his, his body of art had three phases throughout his life. There was sadness, <laughs> um, Anger. Anger. and tenderness. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I shouldn't be laughing because they're all really horrible and, like, um, you know, really gruesome times. And, uh, yeah, the art, you can feel that. And uh, it's it's kind of, you know, like sometimes you go to an art museum and, you know, the interpretations can be quite abstract. But these paintings, it's really obvious, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Um... What's interesting about Wayas I Amin mean, is not just only the idea of denunciating these things, but also reminded us that this still these things still happen. So that we have to try to act in our in our daily life to to fight against those things. So he lived from nineteen nineteen to nineteen ninety-nine. So in that like phase, historic phase, yeah, a lot of conflicts happen. Like in Latin America we will have all of the dictatorships. Uh, For example, from Venezuela to Chile, all of these countries entering a dictatorship phase. And the awful thing about these dictatorships is that a lot of tortures happen, a lot of, I mean, disparations. And as I told you, actually, these are memories that are still alive. And now personal things that he passed through, well, he fought in the, what we call the War of the Four Days, here in Peru and Ecuador. His best friend died, Manjarres. That's when he said that he lost any kind of faith in religion, in a god. And what about
0: his indigeneity? Was that quite important to his work?
2: Um, yeah, he was actually a mestizo, but he has like, f- like, features of an indigenous because his father was an indigenous. So what he always tried to recover in his art is kind of this idea of our roots. Like we don't have as mestizos to be complex of our, our cultural identity. This is something really funny because in our days you will see that a lot of Latin American girls try to look more like European, you know. They try to be like blue eyes, I mean like blue contact eyes and they'll try to be blonde. And what he tries to fight is to tell us, you know, you have to do your own cultural identity. You don't have to try to look like blonde European people. I mean, Mm. some people don't like him because they say he was kind of a left tendency and he was poor. And then all of a sudden he became rich and he didn't help people or he didn't like... Had nothing, he was kind of an hypocrite, let's say. Yeah. He was kind of pre Hispanic, but then his two wives were French and the first one Ecuadorian. So people tend to have this, as I told you, hate love relationship with Huayasone. Uh, yeah. It was
0: a shame that he didn't actually get to finish this building. Um, he died in 1999 at the age of 80 of a heart attack, and he had big plans. You know, He was painting right up until that time, working 12, 14 hours a day. And so there's some sort of blank canvases there, mm. but Oh, the building feels complete doesn't it and you uh you know just the building and the architecture in itself is creates an expression and a feeling as well it's such airy fairy stuff to be talking about but oh my god i just like i feel um yeah i feel like i've really learned something i feel like you know i can understand Quito, Quito and ecuador now you know and I'm looking forward to seeing, as we travel through Ecuador, how um, you know some of these themes may like present themselves in the countryside that we cycle through.
1: Our semi-regular feature in praise of, uh, it's, it's not been around for a little while, but we felt that we had a couple of things that we wanted to say this time, Baden. What, what's the thing that you're very appreciative of at the moment?
0: well it's actually something that i've been cursing for a long time and now i've learned to appreciate it so it's quite interesting really and it's my rare tire so uh i've had i've had this problem with my bike where um i didn't quite pick up on a design floor uh before we left on this trip and basically the the i needed bigger tires for when we we're cycling in latin america you know like wider thicker ones but um yeah i couldn't get one uh, it won't fit in my frame, so I have to stick with this, this smaller, thinner tyre. And uh, inevitably, the, I got a new one in Madrid, and then that just ran out completely bare by the time we got to the end of Panama starting Colombia. And so in Medellin, I picked up this um, this tyre, and it, it felt a bit flimsy. Uh, it was pretty cheap as well. I can't remember exactly how much, but maybe like $20 or something like that of Hardly anything a uh, maxis it's called maxis is some brand i never heard of before because i am a big advocate of schwabler tires german tires they're strong they're reliable hardly get we hardly get any punctures shelly's on two schwabler tires and i don't think you've had, you've had one puncture on this trip mm-hmm. so um yeah i'm a massive advocate but maxis this guy this little this little back back tire that could you know he's <laughs> uh, he's uh, you know um yeah, you know, I had to pump him up every day cuz he had this really slow leak that I couldn't find but the mechanic that we found here in Quito found like this tiny little metal fragment and now he's removed that fragment and the air's not coming out overnight like it was previously and I think we we're ready to keep no I was ready to dispense with it. I've been we spent the first day here in Quito fruitlessly bloody walking around trying to find a new bag tire. And, and then the mechanic said, well, this tyre here is fine. So good on you, Maxi's tyre. Let's <laughs> let's see how far down this continent we can get you.
1: Okay, and for me, um, I am, I'm in praise of um, a, a delicious treat that we discovered in Colombia that we've brought with us to Ecuador called Coffee Delight. Um, and it's just a, a piece of candy, like a boiled sweet um, with a coffee flavour. And it is just such a wonderful reward sometimes um so when we've worked really hard or we're kind of flagging when i get out the little gold wrapper (laughs) wrapped up sweets it's like oh yay okay yeah we can have one of these but sadly we are running out of them i have actually sent my mum a whole bag so i hope she enjoys those well
0: they're quite a big bag so hopefully um there won't be any left (laughs) there will be some left by the time we get back come on Sheila just like work through them slowly you don't need you know, maybe just one a day there might be maybe there'll be something for us when we get home
1: okay so we've we've had a wonderful time in Quito and now we're looking ahead in fact this afternoon we're going to go and do some route planning so what's next Bay?
0: yeah well we're heading into the central highlands and my aim was just to stay in the highlands all the way down to the per- Peruvian border um but the other day i had sort of like a cursory glance at some of the gradients that we might have to deal with and beyond the sort of central part of the country uh, you know we'll probably have to spend two months here in ecuador just to get through all these climbs i mean nothing as high as we were the other day so what we're going to do is we're going to go as far as a place called Latacunga and then we're going to like head uh west to the towards the coast and then work our way down from there so it's a bit of a compromise. Um, so we get to see a little bit of the Central Highlands. And then we um, we get also get to see the coast and hopefully eat lots of seafood.
1: Sounds good to me. That's us for this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, we'd love to know how you are and where you are. You can email us, you at gmail.com. Or actually we prefer if you go to our blog, howareyouwhereareyou.com and put a little comment under the podcast. No. That always cheers us up, doesn't it? also you can find on the blog uh, some links so you can subscribe to the podcast um, this is like I think episode 32 by now so there's yeah. plenty there um, we've got links for iTunes and SoundCloud um, on the blog as well we have our interactive map which we are trying to keep up to date so every day that we spend on the bike we write a little diary um, and you can actually have a look at the map, click on the, the lines of our route and see what we've been doing on particular days if you're interested in various countries we've been in also we send out a little note every month, a kind of a little newsletter up so if you'd well, like to re- out yeah if you want to receive that you can do that on the blog too thank you as always to Callum Campbell for the wonderful music in the podcast and you can get Baden online um, Twitter at Baden C and Instagram BadenCycling. and yeah all right from 2,800 meters high in the sky in Quito see you next time
0: ciao